comes, it's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Welcome to episode 41 of Nashville Untold, and thank you for tuning in. Today in the Rambler, I'll be hosting Moat, also known as Joe Snyder. Honestly, man, music, like the troubles that I've had and stuff, and just really gravitating toward, it's almost like, feels like it chose me at a very young age. It's just saved, music has just saved my life so many times, and even not in, it during dark moments, but also just moments of kind of apathy or places you go through life where you're not sure what to do like it's always been this real like guiding light for me so I don't think it's the smartest career to get into you know if I were using my brain but I just sort of would be unhappy doing anything else I think I just always wanted to go for it. Moat the working moniker for Joe Snyder is a singer-songwriter based in Nashville. Over the last two years he has recorded Get the Door this EP marks a departure for Moat towards a more direct and refined rock-driven sound, intertwined with a full spectrum of electric influences, ranging from hip-hop and dance to folk. Originally planned to be created over the course of a year, a serious illness sidelined Joe from a blossoming career for over a year, setting into motion a period of obvious challenges and an unavoidable atmosphere of reflection, where some might find an easy escape in the bitterness of a roadblock of this nature, Get the Door serves as a proof of the unwavering optimism of Moat. So I was able to sit down with Moat and hear some of his story, um, hear how he overcome the uh, the sickness that he dealt with for a year. It was uh, Pretty inspiring interview and enjoyed getting to know him, and I think you will enjoy it as well. And now here is our conversation. Hello, Nashville. Today I'm hanging out at Shelby Bottoms Park again. It's a cool little place. Although as the summer heats up, I need some shade trees, I think. Um, I'm sitting here with uh, Joe Snyder with Moat. And uh, he is a musician, songwriter, probably got all kinds of other labels underneath you, I would imagine, you know, that go with that. I've been called many things. Many yes. things. Hopefully good things. All good things, Turned right? Turned out. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, thanks for joining me in the Rambler today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Looking forward to diving into uh, some of your story and right. learning more about music, because I love it as... You kind of picked up on, I can't do anything with it. I don't, can't play. I can't remember lyrics, but I can turn the volume up and listen. And, Heck yeah. And share the love. So that's what I like doing. Yeah. All right. So let's dive in. Let's um, do it. Tell me a bit about what gets you excited daily, weekly. I think what gets me, well, music definitely gets me really excited. Probably gets me more excited than anything, especially the playing of it and writing. But um, because of being an artist, you know, every day is just filled with so many different kinds of tasks and it varies day to day what you need to concentrate on. And so, you know, and traveling and stuff like that, like for work, it's like every every day is different and a new experience. And um, I think I would go crazy if every day was the exact same kind of grind. So, yep. I don't know. I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. That's kind of the same thing. It's like with uh, with what I'm doing, it's. I mean, I can do all this. I can just focus on this or this or this. Yeah. And I, I tend to like to feed the squirrels, you know, That's just cool. run all over the place. Sure. <laughs> all right. So uh, now let's go back to some memories of your preteen years. Okay. Um, how did your environment and family life begin to shape you? Wow. Start out deep. It's deep? <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's super deep. Well, how did it influence me in general or like in my getting into music? How well, I, I would say so memories like when you think of that, you know, that age range, you yeah. know, what were some of the key factors? You know, was it was a family encouragement? Yeah. Was it early music? Yeah. You know, just yeah. different stuff. Music's been a big part of my life since I can remember for sure. 
My parents are amazing. Uh, my mom used to sing to me a lot as a kid, and she realized like uh, early on when she would sing to me, like I was to put me to sleep. It had the opposite effect on me. I was like so tuned into it that it was stimulating me and it would right. keep me up. They've always been real supportive of what I do, which is great. Yeah, and I mean, I grew up here in Nashville. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Which was, you know, compared to what it is now, basically like a little, a little tiny town. Where'd you grow up at? I grew up kind of near Bellevue, like okay, they call it sort of West Mead, but yep. it's kind of. Kind of in between Bellmead and Bellevue, like right. Highway 100. You got Charlotte it. Park, Loveless Cafe. Yeah, so like on there. the way, yeah, on the way towards yeah. Loveless, but not too far out of town. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, like the best thing about Nashville is like the nature, and like we're mm -hmm. in it now. Like this park, Edwin Warner Park was I right love, by. I love I mean, that it's area. Incredible. Yes. So nature had a really big effect on me uh, as a kid. Uh, I just like felt like a lot of you know cal calmness from it mm -hmm. and uh i used to be really into doing a lot well, i'd still run a lot but i used to do like a lot of mountain biking and outdoor mm -hmm. kind of stuff ca canoeing and shit yeah yeah so i was sort but but the cool thing about nashville too was that it was sort of a a city you know what i mean like it wasn't the time it wasn't like a you know a one horse town kind of a thing um, it all depends on what perspective like i, I grew up with I think there was like twenty thousand people in in El Dorado, Arkansas. Yeah. So here, obviously, it's bigger, much bigger. So, but now if you compared it to L.A. or New York, it was kind of a city. But to me, it was it was a city. You right. Know? Yeah. Exactly. And uh, well, and then compared to now, I've like realized you know over the last ten years, like wow, this was such a small town mm -hmm. you know, when I was growing up. Did you? So you like the growth? I do like it. Well, an interesting thing, okay, so about, you know, growing up here, I, uh, another sort of musical influence, I'd call him a musical influence, my grandfather was, a, like, dabbled in songwriting, uh, but he was a real hardcore, old-school country, you know, Hank Sr. type of guy, mm -hmm. and, uh, or still is, but there's all this country music around, and, and, like, I could not relate to any of it, I just was such a you know, an odd duck. Uh, and I was super into rock and roll. Mostly I got into hip hop and stuff like that as I got a little bit older, but, um, this town really influenced me in the way of, I really didn't relate to what was going on musically here. And it kind of, I don't know that I would say that it like drove me to rock and roll, but mm. like, I think it kind of helped me to be, a much more unique individual because yeah. I just ended up always just trying to find my own way and things that you had a rebel nature. I rebel, related right? to. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what did your mom sing to you when you were listening in tune to that? <clears throat> well, she used to sing this uh, Blondie song, uh, one way or another. You remember yeah, that yeah. Yeah. And just probably like nursery rhymes and stuff okay. like that. But just singing like sound. I right. was just always like really like mesmerized by right. What was that? Cable car, I'm guessing. I guess. Huh. All right. So, um, all right. So now diving into your acne years. In my acne years. Okay, cool. That's what uh, I was really playing a little bit. Yeah. What was, uh, what was Joe into during that time? Um, was family still pretty stable, chaotic, you know? No. Okay. So, I mean, family, I mean, we can go as deep as you want, but I'll try to ease into it. Family was great. Like I had some uh my father had some like substance abuse issues mm -hmm. growing up and stuff and uh that was another thing that i you know kind of led me to find a lot of solace in music mm -hmm. um so but like the you know acne joe was way into rock and roll and you know just yeah. and i was actually playing like i started playing guitar when i was seven okay but then when i was about 11 i started playing the bass which is like my main acts okay. uh so i'm like a bass player singer it's kind of mm -hmm. like and me and my best friend alex just were just digesting everything we could get into led zeppelin beatles like a lot of old stuff but like i was super into like when i was I don't know, seven and stuff like that, like grunge and all that was mm -hmm. out. So I was oh, yeah. super yeah. into Nirvana and like heavy, heavy rock, but melodic rock. Um, I heard Nirvana the other day, Teen Spirit in the shower. I was like, God, that really was an awesome song. It's so great. I mean, everything about it, you know? It's funny for what a s styled 
song that is, how timeless it is. Mm -hmm. I think it's just yeah, they're just incredible. They were, I mean, they were like a massive influence for me. Yeah. Uh, so we were playing all that stuff, and and then cool old stuff that like we got off our parents, like the Doors and the Beatles, and and hip hop was creeping in there. I was really into Busta Rhymes and like mm -hmm. Biggie Smalls and uh, yeah. Tupac early on and stuff, and a little R and B in there. I mean, just I was always just into kind of whatever. Right. I, you know, struck a chord with that me. wasn't country. Yeah, it just never. I mean, it wasn't like I was just absolutely mentally against it. It's just I didn't resonate with me. I didn't feel I, like I was like those people. Were you more into the music or the lyrics? Music for yeah. sure. So that's early on. I think that probably explains a lot. Like, as I was all into the rap and R and B, and then yeah, my uh, brother in law, um, he introduced me to STP. And then cool. it was yeah. all into the grunge. And, I, and I would listen to the poison and poison and stuff like that. But it was kind of funny. Right. I, I left that in that, you know, and then I picked up the uh, the all the alternative stuff. It was cool. Oh, man. Weezer. I had some Everclear. On oh, the sure. Day and, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Love that music. Yeah. Me too. So preteen. Well, just real. So, and I started doing like, so me and this one really good buddy, we started like forming bands and stuff like that. Just finding kids at school that wanted to play. And I think when I was 11 too, I was in fifth grade. I started playing trumpet in the school band. And, uh, that was only because the first two years of school band, they wouldn't let an electric bass player. You could do, I think jazz band started in okay. like seventh grade or something. So I played trumpet for a couple of years. I was super into the Chili Peppers too. Yep. So mm -hmm. like Flea tr started on trumpet and was a bass player. So I found that pretty easy transition. And um, I don't play trumpet anymore. But uh, yeah, I was just really like, that was when I started to really dive into, you know, just actually being a part of making music and write. And I was started writing songs. I started mm -hmm. writing songs before that, but when we had our bands we were playing a lot of original stuff right all right all right cool all right so um what did post high school look like for you was it a time of growing up or finding trouble um both for sure it was good to get out of the house because uh like i said like things just were pretty crazy with my mm. family for a while but they have subsequently gotten a lot better and uh but i was just like really processing all that so i started to like get into using drugs and alcohol and stuff like that without really real i thought i was like having fun um which i was but like i was also like just having a hard time dealing right right but musically i was also like really taken off i like went to i started going to school for music when i was like at the the last i don't know three years of high school like i started to really really get in the shed i don't know if you know that term no. but like just really practicing my butt off okay. and like i was just and that's when i started bass, listening right yeah. yeah with the bass and yeah. um and i was still playing in, in a, a real serious rock band especially in high school and um i started studying jazz and like got into like just the world of music started really opening up mm -hmm. um so that was incredible i mean i just was really working my ass off and then also just playing pretty hard too mm -hmm. but like I've always had that kind of work hard, play hard kind of yeah. mentality. Mm -hmm. So those were good years. I mean, it's just a lot of trial and error of life, you know, as you do when you get out of high school. Just yeah. get into stuff and see if it's for you or not. You mm -hmm. know? My dad, he was uh, he liked the uh, he liked the beverage, the alcoholic beverage. Oh, sure. I got to uh, we didn't live with him, um, but it was interesting as a kid how much. You, I, I guess I'd say how much grace you have for your parents in right. spite of what they're doing. You know what I mean? And you just kind of yes. like it was a, it was kind of a journey. It was like a grace. And then it was like, hold on. Yeah, I don't feel like dealing with any of that stuff. I'm right. Was, yeah, probably getting into the high school, college years when you had more freedom to go. Hey, you're not paying for anything. You can't tell me anything to do. And I really don't want to have anything to, you know, to yeah. some degree. Yeah. Know? To engage in that relationship, you know? Yeah. I had that, too, maybe a little earlier on where I was rejecting it. Like, but then as I got out of school, like I say, or at high school, I started to just have that thing that I think most people have, which is, like, to see that, oh, your parents are just people and, like, you don't have to, you know, because, of course, growing up, you idolize your parents and yeah. stuff like that. And then, yeah. And But you, you, you hope get, they you hope they do. I have three boys, so. 
you know. I, I'm I was, sure they it, do. it was actually cool. I know they do. Last night I was watching um, uh, Amazon the night before I watched a, 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 a documentary on the John Muir Trail. Okay. And uh, cool. in California, like, yeah, I can't. I, like I'm going to go with the boys at some point and walk it. Amazing. Um, but then this other one is I forget the guy, but he's he's um, in Portugal, I think. And there's some long trail that people walk and. So he's walking with his dad. He's like, you know, I just want to hang out with my dad. I wanted to ask all these questions and get to know him. You know, because yeah. you kind of, it's funny how you kind of go through life and you're like, have I ever sat down and asked my dad these questions? You yeah. Know? And uh, and I thought, I was like, yeah, it, it'd be, you know, you hope that, like, I don't know, you hope as a, as a dad that you're making that impact in your kid's life, that they want to do this stuff with you, learn more stuff about you, you know. Ramble moment. All right, so. Uh, no, I'm sure you are, man. And I think. If you're trying your best, you're on the right track. Yeah. And then when you try your best, sometimes you realize you're still like so far away, which is great because you have that much more room to grow. Right. You know? Right. I read a book recently, uh, picked it up, started reading it. It's um, Sibling Rivalry. Okay. So, you know, focused on the boys fighting so much. Right. I'm two chapters into it. <clears throat> and uh, the takeaway is parenting. <laughs> it goes back to you. Yeah. How are you handling? How are you encouraging? How are you being empathetic and listening and mm -hmm. you know all this stuff? So it's funny, you know. The more you want to dive into yourself and grow, sometimes it's a little difficult because you think you're doing okay, and then you read something over here, you're going, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Still got a lot of room for growth. Yeah. I just think in those moments. I mean, sometimes it's good to be hard on yourself, but not forgiving yourself and yes. go, and moving forward is the best. Yes, way, I agree. agreed. Agreed. All right. So we all have people throughout our lives that have made a positive impact on us, hopefully. Yes. Um, who are a few people that come to mind that fall in that category? And how was their words or time of encouraging of encouragement to you? Well, one uh, huge influence on me was like my my teach my music teacher for for many years uh, her name's Alana Rockland and uh she's a bass player for this really dope uh modern electronic band called STS9 or Sound okay. Tribe Sector 9 I started studying with her when I was like 15 and that's when I really started to like get into jazz cuz she like went to jazz school up north and like she was just such a beast mm. and um I started playing upright and just really so she helped me ex not only explore a lot of different kinds of music but she was just such a hardcore you know in a very loving way like kick your ass you mm -hmm. know get get your shit together um and be better than everyone and that she and she's just also kind of an angel as well so um she was a huge influence on me musically i mean gosh i mean we don't have time for everyone that's been a cool influence on me but um i'd also say that so many especially around that time and like after high school and stuff like that like you realize like how much you can learn by seeing examples of things you don't want to be mm -hmm. like and so like i also just felt like i i've learned so much by just getting in the music biz and I, like i've been like freelancing since around then and just being a part of things like and seeing where things don't work and um you know how, how bands you know get along or you say okay i don't want to be that I, i'd say there's that's been a huge influence mm -hmm. on me as well yeah yeah that, that totally makes sense um hopefully you're learning from your environment and the experiences like you said yeah what well because it's, it's easy to see people well maybe, maybe it's not that easy but you see people that are doing what you want to do or have gone so far with it and they're way above your level, but maybe you want to try and get there or whatever. And you can kind of, you know, pick apart some of the steps to their success and stuff like that. But like what's maybe you might not realize is find out what people are doing that is not working, you know, and learn from that as well, yeah. you know, yeah, for sure. All right, so um, shout out to one of your favorite local restaurants and a favorite nonprofit, and why? Okay, my favorite local restaurant. Well, everyone knows Taj, so I really like Asian foods okay. a lot. So uh, there's this really great Indian restaurant called Taj out okay. off Nolansville. Ta I think it's called Taj Indian yeah, restaurant. I think I've seen that one before. It's incredible. There's this other really cool place called the King Market. Have you ever heard of the King Market? Um, I don't. I'm gonna say no. 
it's uh, in Antioch off of a Haywood Lane and uh, Antioch Pike. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's Laotian Thai food, but it's inside this little grocery store. So it's like this little market oh. restaurant, you know, with just I don't know, maybe they have 20 tables now. They expand. They, But um, they're so great. OK, uh, favorite nonprofit. What's the name of that? One that does youth outreach. Oh, Oasis Center? Yes. Yeah. Um, they were one that I I had a bunch of friends that worked with them in high school and stuff. And it's been a long time since I've thought about them, actually. But I just remember them helping, like, runaways and, like, just, like, they were just uh, super supportive of kids and their home environments and stuff like that. They were really a sanctuary for, mm -hmm. like, especially teenage kids and stuff right. that were having a hard time. Yep. So I'll shout them out. Cool. I've delivered a few bikes there. All right, so let's talk about music now. Uh, what genre did you like, which you kind of mentioned that a little bit, and what made you, even after being young and in music, what mm -hmm. made you stay on that track to pursue a career in music? Why not something else? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm not good at anything else, for one, really. But... uh Honestly, man, music, like the troubles that I've had and stuff and just really gravitating toward it's almost like feels like it chose me at a very young age. It's just saved music has just saved my life so many times and even not in it during dark moments, but also just moments of kind of apathy or places you go through life where you're not sure what to do. Like it's always been this real like guiding light for me. So. I don't think it's the smartest career to get into, you know, if I were using my brain, but I just sort of would be unhappy doing anything else. I mm -hmm. think I just always wanted to go for it. And luckily I like got work and like I've had good responses to my recordings and, mm -hmm. you know, growing it. So do you do any session stuff? Yeah. Okay. So I've been like freelancing since okay. I was about 16, 17, um, sub sessions and live stuff. I mean, but I've always had original projects going and now I'm mostly just doing moat with a few things to keep the, the lights on, you know, so a few moat, gigs. where'd you come up with the name? It's a nickname. Okay. Uh, my dad gave me as a little kid. So then that's why you would want to be referred to as moat, not Joe, because it's your nickname. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like people have been calling me that forever. Okay. Uh, okay. And once I, it, so I was, in, I was in a series of very serious and committed projects that just for one reason or another never worked out, but I was always like the primary songwriter and I was always kind of the band leader of all of them, but I never was a singer until I was like in my early twenties. And, uh, I was kind of just out of really close friends to start a band with. So I was like, okay, I got to just do this all on my own mm -hmm. and learn how to sing. And just was, and I thought, well, what can I call it? It's just me. And I didn't want to use my name. So I just thought, um, I, I think Mo would be kind of yeah. cool. So, yeah. It's yeah. cool. It's different. Yeah. And then, uh, and what you had mentioned the genre, but like what, um, what led you to stick with Oh, to like where you're at now, because yeah. have you, you've changed a bit. Right? I have changed. Uh, well, I just, um, maybe, maybe have more clarity would be the right way to describe it. I've studied so many kinds of music. I just love good music, whatever it is. I think as I started my original project here, like it was a little bit more all over the place in terms of where the influence was, uh, how the influences were coming across. Uh, there would just be a lot of things happening and sort of ultimately, I think that rock and roll and, uh, you know, when I say rock and roll, I mean, not, not rock, but rock and roll, like the, the kind of in the original sense, um, you know, blending blues and country music and all those kind of things just really started to make sense conceptually. And rock and roll was really the thing that I fell in love with mm -hmm. first. And so... I think I just now have more clarity uh, uh, all those influences just come through kind of in that umbrella. Yeah. But I'm influenced by every, every kind of music. That's good. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. So, um, what were some of the great musicians that were role models to you? You mentioned Nirvana. Nirvana, big time, especially early on all that stuff, man, the, the police, I'm a massive Sting fan because the bass player, singer, um, uh, 
Uh, I'm not a fan of the police. No, I've been pulled over so many times. I just I oh those police. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of those police. <laughs> uh, I had some give me a look yesterday because <laughs> um, they had a car kind of blocking the lane, right? And there was a, a little aero truck behind it. Yeah, but you had plenty of room to get by. So I thought they were just like go around. Well, yeah. I started going, and they're like, "Stop!" You know, like, "What do you do?" And I'm like, "Well, I thought." The Earl said go, and they're like, he had attitude, and I was like, whatever. Yeah, they but love anyways, the yeah. power trip. Yeah, they can, but there are some great ones. Sure. But I've been pulled sure. over a ton of times, so actually, I'm pretty respectful. You know, it's like, oh, I'll be respectful. Right, I, I don't want to get, yeah. <laughs> so the police. Um. Yeah, man. Oh, my gosh. So many, dude. Prince. Michael Jackson is still a humongous yeah. influence on me. We were listening to some of that with the kids the other day. Yeah. It's timeless, man. And he just gives so much to all of it. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting now, like as I was turning it on and, yeah. and like I, I love music, all windows are down. I'm blasting all the time. Like, yeah. You know, Love when it, I first dude. moved into my house, like my neighbors were like, who's this boom? And I probably had some Luda on or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. dude. But actually, I came I forget. I was listening to Planes of Poker the other night and I had a Pandora, you know, old school um, hip hop. Yeah. And uh, um, Ghetto Cowboys. You remember that one with uh, um, Is that that's a song? Yeah, it's um, oh, crud. I went blank. The group. Anyways, it's it's such a cool song. Um, oh man, it's, I'm terrible with names, but uh, there's so much to remember. It is, <laughs> yeah. and then like it, like in that moment, I thought, where was I going with that? Something about music, and what were we talking about? Uh, I don't yeah, know. Luda. Oh, Michael Jackson. Yeah, Michael. So yeah. then I had Michael on, right? Yeah. Well, now it's like with everything that's come out about him, which I haven't even watched any of the stuff. Right. You know, it, it it's like, man, how much has that, you know, I won't say, I mean, smeared reality, right? But it's just yeah. like, it doesn't change, but it's just, it, it was just an interesting thought of like, how, how, I wonder how many less people listen to Michael Jackson now, if so, I because don't know. of what he did. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's a good question. I mean, kind of like I, an R. Kelly, you know, I'll, man, I love this stuff. Ooh. I still do. Yeah, I like my boy Kells, but Michael, Michael always had my whole lifetime. Michael always had that controversy surrounding him. True. Um, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It so, just brought it out. To yeah, it life. brought it out, and yeah. I don't know. I mean, you really hope not. I mean, it's like I did watch that <laughs> did you? documentary. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's horror. I mean, the the you know. If those things are true, I mean, it's absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Like those descriptions of of what went on but at the same time i paused for a second because i was actually in a really heavy i just the you know i like to play with that music a lot okay. and okay. um so i was listening to it a lot and uh and then i just kind of realized you know most of like a lot of my heroes like i'll mention some more like miles davis or a lot of my heroes like have you know people are humans and mm -hmm. you know no like everyone has flaws and some people have really major ones and like you can just have that kind of cognitive dissonance of really appreciating the creative, right. the creative output. Very true. Very true. Um, I like that. Yeah. 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 I like that a lot. Let's talk about being sidelined for a year due to an illness. Okay. What was that period like and how did that impact you? Big time, man. Uh, so I kind of look at it now as a, a rebirth. So I was, I started work on this record that I'm about to release in June, June 7th. Okay. Get the door. And uh, I was done writing the material and I had just kind of gotten into the recording. I got hired as a, like a singer and a bass player for this like pretty popular like up and coming band who are friends of mine and it was good money. So I was like, great, I'm going to go out all summer with them and I can make the money to like finish this record. And about a month in, we had like a week or two off and I was like telling people like I I think I have exhaustion or it turns out that's not a thing. But I was just like so tired mm -hmm. and uh, I had these moments of like I was at this one rehearsal and I I thought I fainted. I was standing up, but I felt like I fainted. Mm. And then I was like shaking and I didn't know what was going on after I kind of calmed down or after I, you know, a second. And uh, I went to the hospital and. Found out I had mono. Oh, wow. And we were like, great. Okay. Cause I thought I was dying. I mean, honestly, it was so strange. And, uh, 
we were like, great, mono, I'll be better in a month or something mm-hmm. like that. But I was still, I asked the doctors if, um, you know, be okay if I keep touring and stuff, like, will it go away eventually? And they were like, yeah, sure, you'll be fine, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, take it easy when you can. Don't um, kiss anybody or something, right? Yeah. Isn't that what they, I, I, yeah, I it's remember called, that yeah. always from high school. Yeah, it's called the kissing happened. disease. Well, I was okay, told, I was told that I need to, you know, maybe up my standards of, okay. uh, uh, of gotcha. groupie a few times. But, right, right. But I'd had it before is okay. actually, I think how I got it. But, um, anyways, I was, I toured with them for like another month and a half or something like that. And I just kept getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, eventually I had to stop touring. I was just so, I just had no energy, like literally getting up and. Wow. Going to the restroom or something like that was like, it took all the energy I had. And I had really bad, like, vertigo for most of it. Okay. Not like full spins, but like, just my balance was mm-hmm. wavy. And uh, I just had to completely quit working and uh, was lucky enough, like, my parents, you know, I could, I moved in with them and uh, they just took care of me for, I was in bed for like nine months. So wow. I had a particularly bad case of it. And what did it affect? What is mono? Like, what is it? Is it? It's a virus. So, I mean, it just runs its course. I mean, but it again, like, I mean, I was super off balance. Right. And dizzy. Uh Uh-huh. And I just had no energy to do anything except Mm. for kind of. But um, I got a lot out of it. I mean, you know, I'll I'll occasionally mention it to somebody, be whatever, and they'll be like, I'm really sorry. And I I am not. Mm -hmm. Like, it was a very serious like time of spiritual growth and um it was all kind of i mean it sounds funny to say that but um i would it that's why i call it a rebirth like i was in bed for like nine months just completely you know i i really was reading a ton and mm-hmm. watching i kind of got back into because i've been so busy with music watching a lot of film and uh you know just studying comedy and stuff like that. Like definitely laughing was mm. important to keep me going. And uh, it was just kind of a, it was a sort of a good break in a way. Um, and it certainly fed into, so then after I got well, I was still pretty, cause I didn't do anything for so long. Like it's take, I mean, I'm still kind of just getting back into shape okay. and you know, it's been a process. Yeah. But the first thing that I did once I started getting well was got back to finishing the record. And so, you know, tweaked a couple lyrics and some different things happened um, to the music that wouldn't have happened for sure if I hadn't have had all that time Mm -hmm. to, you know, listen to different things and and get into some, some, you know, new rock and stuff like that. And yeah, so it was a pretty crazy thing and it's hard to kind of let go of your career and life but i had to do it and uh yeah and and how was it getting out of it like was it like a week thing where you just kind of like as in a week long in hey i'm feeling better i'm feeling better i'm let's get out of bed you know what i mean like i'm curious or did it just like end? no it was definitely a gradual rebuild i think especially because i was so out of shape from just like being in bed for that long like you just don't have like you can't really imagine how your physical ability like can go just that quickly. But I started doing, once I was like a little bit better to a certain point, I started doing this exercise called Ping Shui, which is a Qi Gong exercise. It's just like Taiwanese okay. thing. It's very simple. It's basically just swinging your arms for about half an hour. But that, I, so the first time I did that, I started to notice that it, it made my body feel better and then I'd kind of get worse. but. Just incrementally over about a month or so, once I started doing that, I started to get more strength back and mm-hmm. be more balanced. And I had a lot of some help from like, I was doing some acupuncture and okay. some things like that. That's how I got hip to it. Okay. Um, but it was kind of a actual me taking an active role in getting well, right. sort of, right. uh, you know, like that, that yeah. turned it around. So it was more like a turning around. It wasn't a, right. it just went away. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. It, 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 can you take medicine and stuff for mono? Yeah. No, really. It, uh-uh. It's just it's the just doctors, dude. Course. I mean, I like not to go down this wormhole, but I've like lost so much faith in Western medicine, like because my doctor just kept being like, "Oh, just yeah, just go back to bed, dude. You'll be fine, man. Have a good Christmas or whatever." Like, you know, we'll see ya. Like, how much did I pay for that? 
yeah, and like it, and there was just no. I mean, it was like, is there anything they can do? And they're like, no, nope, just rest. And then I started looking into some other like forms of medicine and started going to acupuncture. And I found that helped because even before I was doing that arm swinging thing, like, uh, it just really energized my body mm-hmm. so that I could fight it better. And especially cause I wasn't creating any right. energy. Like right. I just think I needed that to help my yeah. body fight. I mean, it was like, it's like it was natural, such a long term thing. Get your, your immune system going right. To yeah. Yeah. And it had just been working so hard for so long, um, huh. that, I don't know. It was a slow process, so I think that helped a lot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm doing good today, man. Good, man. Yeah. You go for a run. At it, go for a run it. later. Yeah. All right. So, talk to me about the underlying theme of your latest um, EP. Is there a okay. central idea um, about the music, or is it different? There stuff? wasn't one that I set out to say this is the theme. I have noticed that kind of, you know hope might be a theme or or uh just persevering through like adversity might be a theme but those were completely unintentional i mean i was just writing and i think the only reason for that is because after i wrote the songs they kind of served that purpose because it was Mm -hmm. just like it was stuff that i was going through that you know you it kind of helps you process and once you're on the other side of it it's like a good thing um but Mostly just, a, you know, I think love is a theme, not only romantic love, but just uh, it's, it's a positive vibe. Yeah. So but those were not really I didn't think about them beforehand. Mm-hmm. It just happened that way. OK, cool. All right. So uh, what is it like putting new music out there and waiting to see the reaction? Do you let social media affect you much in that? <laughs> It's great putting music out. I love it. I mean, I'm so happy to share this music after so much has gone into it. And it's not, I don't get scared about it. I've just been doing it for so long. I don't, I like to hear good reactions, but I don't, I'm going to say I don't care what people think. I I want them to enjoy it um, or connect with it, hopefully, but I'm just happy to share it. I feel like it's my best. It's great work. So like, I already feel good about it. I'm just happy to finally release it. As far as social media, like, does it affect me? Like, meaning through the marketing of it, the, yeah, you know, the influences of, you know, if you spend, I mean, you might not spend much time. Oh, no, I do. You know? I mean, but it's not like I, it's my favorite thing in the world. Um, but it seems like a necessary, you just have to, the thing is, is if you make artwork or whatever, it, it does serve you and it's helpful for you but it it really is helpful for other people or can be and a big thing i guess maybe this is a theme of the record too is like just a desire to truly connect with people and so you've got to reach out as far and wide as you possibly can yep it's a newer thing for me but like it's also a great thing like Mm -hmm. this is part of it you know and like this is awesome yeah so I'm happy to, you know, I'm, I'm like happy to connect with people and mm-hmm. talk about it and, and reach out in new ways. And it can be really fun. I mean, yeah. it can be like a strange addiction. Right. But yeah, it's all right. <clears throat> yeah. It's so funny how it's like post something. It's like, no. And it, and uh, it's funny when people, I don't think anybody can say they truly and actually believe it that they don't care. Right. Because we all care. Like, there's a sense sure. that we let it affect us so much. But even at times, right. you know, when I'm like, yeah, I don't care. But then you're like, well, how many times did you check once you posted that? <laughs> right. You know? Right. But I think maybe that's it. You know, it's like, you know, whatever you're putting out there is like, it's a passion of yours. And, yeah. you know, if it can connect with people, like, it, it's, I think there is that drive of wanting to make an impact, too. You know? And, and that, that, can, that can verify it, right? To some degree. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I do want to make a a huge impact, as huge as possible. But I don't like I'm not losing sleep over that. Right. As much as I'm losing sleep over what I make is really good and Mm -hmm. my best and like my and true and something that I would want to hear. Right. Or see. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So um, as you go through life, do you ponder what kind of impact Mm -hmm. are you making in people's lives and what would that be 
Which, it's funny. It's funny I how do. sometimes people talk and it's like, oh, that was exactly the next question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good segue. Uh, I do ponder the effect I have on others. Again, like, you can't, you can't care so much that you're not being true to yourself or being honest to kind of receive what you need or have, you know, enough to make yourself comfortable. But yeah, I mean, I want to treat people well and especially with the music, which is the gift, you know, that I've been given, like, I want to make people feel really good, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe see something in themselves that they never saw before or, you know, find an interest in something or I, it means a lot to me to connect with people in that way. Cause that's, I think that's the best part of myself. So I want to share those very good vibes, even if it's a sad song or something like that. Like I want to share those things cause I want to connect with people that feel like that too, mm-hmm. you know? So I was just thinking when you stepped in here, yeah. I said, Hey, you got a haircut. Oh and yeah. You were like, well, yeah. Did you know my, was there a, <laughs> uh, was there something with the hair being cut that, you know, or it's just, you were more, yeah. Was there something to that? Well, I was surprised you saw me a picture of me long with hair because I haven't had long hair in a couple years. It was on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I change my hair a lot, man. It's kind of like changing shirts for me. Yeah. Uh, But I did. Yeah. So I I dyed it a couple months ago. And then. What color is that? A few weeks ago. It's called Narwhal, but it's like a teal. Okay. Um, And uh, yeah, I, I like. I shaved the sides yeah. recently. I didn't know how recently you'd seen, but yeah, I had really long right. hair like a couple years ago. Yeah. And I've had all kind of hair, yeah, man. Just change it up. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. I was I got a haircut today. And and I would go sometimes like if I just let it go, it's all crazy curly. Yeah. Um and I've and the fact that it's nice and I like the windows down, sometimes it's like if I fix it, I don't want to let the windows down. Oh, I so know. I'm like, I gotta keep it to where I, I can have the freedom to roll the windows down. <laughs> And even Natalie made fun of me when I started pulling out the blow dryer. But I'm like, well, I got to straighten it because it was too crazy. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking today, I'm like, all right, how do I get it cut? Because she'll usually like trim it a little bit. And there is that part of going, I'm kind of ready for a change, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. All right. So if listeners hear a knock at the door and on the other side awaits their calling or purpose, yet they are allowing fear or something else to restrain them from moving forward. What encouragement would you share so they would get the door? Great question. Uh, And that's really kind of what that song's about. Uh, Out June 7th, get the door. Yeah, I mean, open it. I mean, that's the advice. I mean, that's, and it's, it's probably, I don't think the song's about me, but it's probably advice to myself too. Like, just don't, just like, just do it. Like, don't think. You know, like with your, I, with my haircuts and stuff, like I am really good at like, you know what? I need to change. I'm doing it. Like I don't have just those, those moments where if you know something's good for you, or even if it just kind of feels in your gut, like it's good for you, just check it out. Mm-hmm. Just see what's there. More information is not a bad thing. You know, it doesn't, yep. doesn't change who you are on the inside to know more. I mean, it can, but like you also can just leave it. Mm-hmm. So just dive in. Yeah, I guess there's always that idea that, well, if you open the door, you never know what's on the other side. And you can always right. close it. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know? And who knows, maybe if you decide that you don't want to walk through it, you could have a little impact from just a little bit of peak that you, you know, saw. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it's all about, man. It's, it's just, I don't know, If to, no fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, really... That's the goal. I don't think it's necessarily attainable, but. Right. Agreed. Well, and sometimes there is good fear. It's funny. I used to yes. ask that question yes. about fear. And then, I, then somebody <laughs> had had came back and it's like, well, no, actually, sometimes you won't fear. You know, totally. Um, so it's funny because, you know, that was like a, a an easy answer. Right. Just open it, like get to the door and open it. And I, I think back to uh, um, Bob Newhart. There's yeah. a segment and counseling where a woman walks in. Have you seen it? It's hilarious. I know the show. Yeah. Well, have you seen the YouTube little clip? And maybe, I guess it was on the show. And she comes in for counseling and she's like, oh, you know, I'm afraid that like, I'm going to get put in a box. And, you know, he's like, okay, so I got five words for you or maybe two. Stop it. <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> it's like, it can be that simple. Just 
stop it. But it's not always. Anyways, I always think of that. Uh, no, it's not always that simple. <laughs> it would be nice if it was, right? Just say it to yourself. All right, so if you could visit one of your favorite places and reflect over your journey and then write your younger self a note that would contain some wisdom you have learned along the way, where would you go and what would you write? Okay, in the world? In the world. Okay. I really like to go to New Zealand. Uh, so let's say New Zealand, and I would just hike to the top of a mountain or something like that. Mm-hmm. I really like going to high places to think about things. Right. I don't know why. Maybe because you can like, see so much. Yes. And right. so you kind of internally do that as well. Mm-hmm. What would I say to my younger self? Jeez, man. I don't know. Keep your head up. I've, I've always had this real hardcore drive, and I've always like really believed in myself with that drive but i'd like have gotten stuck in a lot of moments of doubt and so i would just say just keep your head up man like you're on the right track this is the biggest thing that i learned from getting sick actually Mm -hmm. trust the process uh so i think that would be my advice trust the process yeah all right what's some uh what's some quick wisdom that you would impart regarding music to uh local musicians or songwriters get out and hear live music if something's not being played somewhere and you want to hear it, like play it yourself, you know, bring it yourself. You have to, especially in a like growing town like Nashville, like there is a lot that's not represented here. And like, there's a lot of trailblazing to be done here. And, um, I don't know, it'd really be yourself. Yeah. Find your own voice. And we're so friendly. It's all welcome, right? Yeah, it is all welcome. Especially I think, if it's good, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't necessarily matter what it is. Like, as right. long as you're doing kind of an earnest job, I think mm-hmm. people are cool. Yeah. All right. So from the great words of Paul and Timothy 4-7, I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. When your journey's over, what legacy are you hoping to leave? I don't know. I don't even care if, if people know it was me that made it happen or whatever. But I just like to, I just like to leave uh, a better place than I found it. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to dive into the Nashville Real Estate Minute. Okay. How long have you lived in Nashville? I've been here forever. Yeah. (laughs) Well, why did you never leave Nashville? Uh, Because I always had cool shit happening. No point. No reason, right? Yeah. I just was always involved in cool projects and was able to do what I was trying to do here. So. Okay. Um, All right. So what community did you land in like now and why did you choose that location? I like the east side. It's like, uh, so I live on the east side of Nashville. Uh, well, I found a pretty cheap apartment, <laughs> but uh, so that was conducive to my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, it's probably maybe the most chill part of Nashville. Like all of it's, you could scrape anywhere and it's really beautiful in a lot of places. Um, the east side just has this kind of low key. Well, I mean, there's this hipster thing, which is not low key if you want that, but it's just got this low key vibe. People just being people yeah. over here. All right, cool. All right, so um, tell me a great memory that you often share about Nashville. I mean, living here for this many years might be hard, but one that you often comes to mind. Well, this just came to mind uh, when I was like um, four, 13 or 14. So we have this incredible nature here like i mentioned before the natchez trace parkway begins here uh kind of out by the loveless mm-hmm. cafe like you were talking about earlier and it goes all the way down to uh natchez mississippi i believe mm-hmm. and uh i biked all the way to mississippi uh, awesome. this one time and just to go through the states it's basically this uh sanctuary of a back road that's been kind of preserved. So you kind of, I mean, of course it's the modern era, but you're, you know, these farms and these stuffs that are, these woods and stuff are pretty, pretty untouched. So it's kind of this like kind of heritage vibe, just gorgeous, man. So you make me want to go do it now. Are you, do you, you bike, do you ride now? A bit. Yeah. Are you going to do the, uh, that city Nashville thing where they ride around the whole city? It's like, in I haven't May. heard about it. Yeah. It's a, you should, it's, I forget what it's called. I get, I see it pop up in the facebook but it's uh you can pick you know five miles or whatever and i think the full route is like 20 something but it okay you kind of drive that's not bad you though, drive around the whole bike. city yeah yeah but that's not like a a biking pub crawl is it though no okay even though maybe at the end of it there's something well sure we I gotta can't, do something yeah, yeah i can't remember um all right so 
what advice would you say you'd look for in a good real estate agent? I think, obviously, you know, just being personable, listening to what people want. Um, I've never thought about it before because I've never bought. Hmm. But you should probably uh, do that. I know it's a great <laughs> advice. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, I just being cool, man. Relating to all different kinds of people is probably a super important skill set, right? Agree. So, um, yeah, just being an open-minded person, and obviously the the knowing the trade. Yeah. Right. All right. Cool. Is that okay? That's good, man. Okay. I like it. All right. Um, every time people say listen i usually go what would you say oh that's good <laughs> what advice would you give to someone looking to move to nashville buy real estate <laughs> uh maybe and, like uh, five years ago they should have done that yeah i was gonna say <laughs> get here now um yeah i don't know come on man it's beautiful it's growing uh people are really lovely and um there's good fun. It's there's just more and more cool things kind of blossoming here mm-hmm. all the time. Um, so come, we, ha- come hang, man. A lot of these locals, man, they have a weird attitude about because the, maybe they miss their small town. But I say the more the merrier. So I'm come, with you. Come on down. I'm with you. We'll bring it like we brought the NFL. Um, yeah. You know, draft party. Right. Did you yeah. see the video of, of the the whole group singing Journey? Uh, no, but I saw the, it's, okay. it's really cool. Like somebody's videoing it and like all the 200,000 people that night are singing two journeys. Unbelievable. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's unbelievable. All right, Moat. Thanks for joining me in the Rambler. And, uh, now we're going to hear you play a couple songs. Okay, cool. You're all so right. welcome. Thanks, man. And there you go. That's our conversation. And now you know who Moat is. And also what it takes to, uh, I guess, keep that optimism in your life to uh, push through tough obstacles. Keep moving forward. Yep, that was great. Next week, make sure to tune in. I'll be sitting down with Jeff Brown. He hosts a well-known podcast called Read to Lead. He also does a little mastermind coaching and one-on-one, and he's just all-around great guy. Um, I had met him through a mastermind group I was a part of. And actually one night my wife and I were uh, having dinner with uh, him and some other people and Natalie thought he looked and sounded familiar. And after I dove a little bit deeper, I realized that he used to work at WayFM. And I'm like, oh, I remember him and Jeff and Marcia Ware Show. We've been in Nashville for 19 years. So uh, we used to listen to him when he was hosting a uh, Uh, a radio show in Nashville. So anyways, he's a great guy. I pulled the Rambler down to his place um, around Spring Hill and then was invited for some ribs and hanging out and having a cigar. So uh, that's kind of the one of the fun advantages of hosting live and pulling the Rambler wherever it takes me is uh, it gives me opportunities to kind of get to know my guest a little bit more. So anyways, it was a great interview hearing his story, how he, uh, when he had a, a job layoff, how it kind of took him by surprise. But he also was prepared because he knew change might be coming and just how he prepared himself and how he's been able to reinvent himself. So I think you will definitely enjoy that episode. Make sure to check out the show notes for more details on Moat, how you can connect with him and where you can find him if you want to go listen to some of his music. And as always, feel free to share this episode if you enjoyed it and hit that subscribe button. The sponsors for the podcast are the one and only me, Andrew Buckwalter, with Buckwalter Impact Group of Benchmark Realty. If you have any real estate needs in Nashville, if you're looking to buy or sell or looking for investment properties, make sure to give me a shout. I love doing the podcast. I love meeting new people. I love sharing the stories and sharing what others are doing in Nashville. But first of all, I love real estate. So I am here to help you. If you have any lender needs, make sure to give Brandon Hutchison a shout with Legacy Mutual. And if you are in need of a good title, David Weber with Limestone Title and Escrow would love to have your business. And now sit back, turn up the volume, 
and enjoy a song that Moat performed in the Rambler. It's growing inside And I know it's real Then one day it gloves off I can't wings And they say no don't go too high There's no way I turn back I cry on I ain't coming down no more come to you oh it feels like nothing else hey cards that you play you're drawn to you and it feels as good as well well when the time is right I find a place to arrive That's where your eyes meet mine Then we cast them to the sky Today the sun don't seem so far They're saying I don't go too high There's no way I turn back I cry on We ain't coming down again come to you oh it feels like nothing else hey cards that you play which run to you and it feels as good as we're quite down it will be all right now yeah from now on things will be all right all right come on hey come on hey uh, come on hey Come on, hey Hey, long as it takes to come to you Oh, it feels like nothing else Hey, cards that you play, you drawn to you And it feels as good as we want Hey, long as it takes to come to you Oh, it feels like nothing else Hey, cards that you play Which run to you And it feels as good as the world Quite alone Your feels as good as the world Quite alone Your feels as good as the world Quite alone feels as good as the world Quite alone Oh
We hope you've enjoyed listening to Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter. We encourage you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. To be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts, send us an email to podcast at andrewbuckwalter.com. Until next time, 